Hey guys, uh, so welcome to another episode of the Nick Charlet Show, where we're going to deconstruct basically what some of the leaders um, are doing out there with regards to different industries, different industry leaders, basically some of the tactics and strategies that they implement, um, and trying to see um, how you could implement those uh, for yourself. And today you're in for a real treat. We have Imran Hussain uh, here. I'm just going to give a bit of an intro and then I'll, uh, I'll introduce him into the podcast. Um, but yeah, so Imran is saying, I, I met him actually again, he was a Boston University student, so, so a theme, views well represented. Um, but yeah, the reason why I wanted to really get him on the podcast, I think Imran is again one of these people that really for me encapsulates um, this notion of relentlessness, this notion of setting out a mission and going after it, no matter what, no matter how you're feeling and, and no matter, and, and there'll be loads of examples that come up. You know, he goes to the gym every single day, pretty much. Um, and then everything with regards to his career in engineering initially, like, and then moving on to law. So he has an interesting story with regards to that. He, he studied engineering at BU um, and then he ended up going to work at Ericsson, a big telephone network company. Um, and then he moved on and made a radical decision with his life, which is another reason why I wanted to bring on the podcast. He decided to change his life completely and quit his job and basically start studying for law school and making a pivotal moment in his life where he just changed everything. And so we'll, uh, I'd love to, to speak to him about that too. Um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Imran Hussain. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, man. I'm honored to, to have, have you have me on here. Amazing. Amazing. So, you know, what I think would be good is uh, for the listeners, um, what I like to do is just give a bit of a background um, about, about you. Like I say, I think you have a super interesting story. You, you got through engineering, you survived engineering, and I was there with you. It was painful, but we made it. Uh, then you did Ericsson. You know, you worked at Ericsson, an amazing top company, um, you know, and you went on then to change your life radically from one day to the next. And, and I remember having a conversation with you when you made that change, um, you know, and it was, it was quite an intense change in your life and it meant, you know, changing your life completely. So, so that's, and I think the listeners will really love hearing that story and getting to the point where today you're working, uh, you're working, you're studying at Boston college in law and you just recently secured your first placement. Um, if I, if I got it correctly. So all of that is amazing, but before we get into it, what would be really great is if you could just tell us a little bit about um, like just your background, um, how you grew up, what type of, um, you know, place like city you, you grew up in or town, um, you know, some of your experiences growing up that you think kind of formed you, um, and maybe also um, you, the story of your parents too and, and how they made it to the U.S., how you think that formed you as well. Sure. So, um I grew up in a town called uh, Princeton, New Jersey. It's the university is located there and right, grew up right outside of there. Um, growing up, it was, I lived in a very interesting town. It was super diverse. Um, at the same time, there was this sense of it's an Ivy League town. So people, it's like a suburbia and that's how, kind of, that's how people were. Everyone was very educated, well-spoken. Um, and for the most part, it, it was a yeah, it was a good area to be in, great place to raise kids. Um, my parents, I'm South Asian. I'm a mix of like Pak. I, I would consider myself ethnically Pakistani, but um, have some Indian, Bengal, Bangladesh. That's where my parents grew up. So um, you know, it's a mutt. And so coming here, it, it is really interesting because, as I said, my town was diverse, but even within. Um, Brown, South Asian, Arab. My name's Imran Hossein, right? So just in that, um, identity was always something I never really figured out. Because that's something actually we will pick up on. So it's gonna be one of the topics. So I'm I'm gonna wanna hear in particular. I mean we could we could even do it kind of now, I guess, because you're you're doing your background. How was well, how would you, I, well, Yeah, you go go ahead. I guess the, the question for me would be, how was it growing up? as you know an ethnically did you describe it as south asian um sort of like male how how was it for you growing up in a, like white america with well in my town it was so diverse i didn't even feel 
I didn't know what that meant. It didn't mean anything to me. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, not. I'm, it's not to say that I go to I go to school. There's certain small differences, like um, certain norms at home are different. You know, dating things like that are a little different. But for the most part, there were so many other South Asians that you had your own. You found a community, and then at the same time, there's certain things that go beyond race, which I guess. Um, people just can't really wrap their head around, but you know, like yeah. for example, oh, yeah. <laughs> like like for example, like sports. You know, when you play a sport like football, basketball, soccer, you're with teammates. It's that's one language: winning, succeeding as a group. That's that's all. That's all it is. You know, yeah. and you don't when when you. That's why I love it so much because when you play, all that stuff gets thrown out the window. And it's all about each other, right? So. Um, so that was, so growing up, I never really thought of it too much, but, um, you know, I think for me, I, I had, I was, um, I was very overweight at a point in my life. I, I was an awful student and given the strict norms of, you know, South Asian kid, um, there's a lot of pressure to do well academically and, and basically, you know, you had people and the other thing about South Asian culture is very direct. You know, no one, there's no sugarcoating of anything. So if you're overweight, you'll know you're overweight. If you're a bad student, you'll know you're a bad student. And one time as a kid, um, there was, there was a kid who was getting bullied and, and the mother thought I was the one doing it. And so I called her son on the phone and she says to me, she's like, you're, you're calling my son fat and you're calling him hefty and you're the one who's fat. You're the one who's this, like you should look it in the mirror. And I was thinking in my head, like, why is she doing that to me? So growing up, growing up with that, it was, uh, it was different. It was, it was, I would say that defined my childhood, just sort of that struggle. Um, but you know, despite that, um, and I, one of my best friends, he always asked, he asked me, he was just like, he was like, you know what's weird about you? you I, I always thought that you wanted, you, you were going to be, you thought you were going to be the top. And he was just like, he was just like, but like, I don't know what made you think that. Like, you weren't a good student. You're overweight, like things like that. And it's just like, I always, I don't know, I always expected the best out of myself. And even when I was in dreams, you know, I would never imagine myself as this overweight kid. I would see myself for what I wanted to be. And that was, uh, that's def- that was defining and of my childhood and for all the for all the strict cultural norms that were given to me by my parents I, I still feel very very blessed because they're the ones who taught me to work hard i mean you know they came from nothing and they, they were educated but my dad started his business here and you know it was much to the same thing where it was like um he was telling me that, or my mom, he never, my dad doesn't, he's a military type of guy, doesn't open up. My mom was telling me that, uh, you know, your dad, because my mom was a doc, well, short story, my mom was a doctor and she was doing well, um, but she didn't know, like, yeah, she was doing pretty well. And in this area was um, in Princeton area, people are very nice and open. So business was never an issue for her. But my dad was, he was a state engineer and he was doing okay, but my dad has high aspirations. You know, he told me a story one time he wanted him to Canada. He was just like, you know, people don't know that there's no like, uh, there's no weller, there's no um, dam between New York and Canada. I'm going to build a dam there. That, that's what I'm going to do. He goes there and he's just like, oh my God, there's the, there's Niagara Falls. So, uh, so my dad's always been ambitious and he was just like, I think, the job he was working, he wasn't, he didn't feel fulfilled. So he's like, I got to start something. And my, my dad, my mom, uh, my grandpa, his dad, his own dad told him, he was like, look, your wife's a doctor. You're doing okay as a civil engineer. Um, you know, why would you put your family to so much risk? Your last name's Hussein. You don't, your English is not good. You don't have a hot, you have such a hot temper. You're not a good, you won't be a good businessman. And everyone's saying that to him, maybe besides my mom. And you know, it's like, okay, well, odds are against you, right? So what do you do? And at that point, you just got to believe in your mission and believe in your personal, the person you are. And you have to have friends who I guess also buy into that to motivate you. And um, I think that's where I get that from, that same genetical code, the genetic code, it's it's in me. Um, And so that's, that's, I would say that's where um, 
that's kind of where my mentality comes from. It's just that we're going to do, we're going to succeed at all costs. And, um, you know, I, it's not to say that you take a blind risk, you know, you don't, you don't take blind risks, but once you've, once you've accepted, there's a risk of failure that can't, that, that mentality, like that fear of failure, isn't going to stop you from achieving what you want. You know, it's, I, it's, I love that. And I think, um, I, I love that because it, it resonates with me also. I don't know if I sent you this, this YouTube video. I've sent you a lot of videos through motivational stuff like throughout the years, but there was one specifically about Will Smith. Um, and he basically told his story and he was like, from the youngest age, every time there was something that scared me, I, whenever the fear built up, I would attack that and I would go into it. And so he just got like, you know, the success he built in his life was literally like going step after step, like every day, whenever something scared him, you know, he would attack it face run. And, and I know that you do something similar because we have conversations where, you know, there's something ahead of you, something scary ahead. And, and you'll, you'll actually ask me, you'll be like, yo, bro, uh, you know, you know, do you think I should do this? Like, this is, this is pretty big. This is pretty intense. Like, I, I don't know if I'll make it, you know? And every time I'm like, bro, who are we talking to? Like, you know, do you even need to ask me? And you're like, no, like I'm going to do it, you know? And, and, you know, before, before we move on to, to, to that, cause I, I'd love to hear about sort of mentality and everything. Something I just wanted to pick up on quickly. You talked about, you know, growing up, um, you know, growing up, you were, chubbier let's put it or like a little bigger uh <laughs> i don't know how you exactly described it um but you know you're a little bigger your grades you said were, were really not on par um and so i guess what would be really interesting is what was the moment where the transformation occurred where at some point you realize like, oh, I need to work out more or I need to change the way my body looks or, you know, these grades aren't going to get me into college. And I, I'm just bringing up examples. I don't even know what they are for you. But how did, when was that moment for you where like, this has got to change? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't always positive, right? Like that people, people always, people, when they, they tell you something, it's always like, oh, there is this moment when where I discovered to love myself. And that's, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's not, it's not how it, um, that's not how it started. I think um, my nature, by nature, it's if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to go out of my way. Uh, sorry. I'm going to go out. Can you still hear me? Or? Yep. I can hear you. Okay. Um, if you. If you tell me I can't do, like my mom was telling me as a kid, you used to want to get, like I used to put something all the way up on the, the, uh, the like a pantry my mom told me i'd, I'd stack things because i wanted to see what was in there and like you she said you fell a lot <laughs> um but you know not to, not to veer off so when i was um in high school i really wanted to go to boston college undergrad which has always been a dream of mine and then everyone was like you know you're not going to do it you're dumb you're dumb you're dumb um and, and another thing was i, I wanted I really wanted an attractive girlfriend. That was just, that was what I wanted. And I didn't have the grades to get into Boston College Law School and definitely didn't look, think, act the part. Um, not that, not that you have to be a certain way to, to get a certain girl, but, yeah, but at I that time as a, as a, as a four, 15 year old, you don't know any better. That's what you think, you know? Yeah. So I was like, um, and then at the same time while that was happening, I think some girl, she was, she was, uh, she was dating my friend on the football team and she said something along the lines of, um, you know, I've, I've no intention going out with this kid, but it's so funny how he really likes me. And I just want to, I just, I'm just going to mess with him a little bit. And so she, she would like, she would lead me on all the time. She would just be like, Hey, let's hang out sometime. And like with no intention. So when I found that out, I was like, all right, well, you know, if you, if you thought, um, you know, to put it honestly, that, that lit a fire under my ass and yeah. has, and then through very various other fuel has to, now that that's, you know, obviously I don't think about that anymore on a day-to-day -day basis, but that fire hasn't stopped being ignited. And I just said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get here. Who's going to stop me? And, and I think the thing that most people, when they take, when they try to achieve something, they have the fear of failure. 
for me, luckily, I already was a failure, right? So it's like, if I fail, I'm back at point A, right? So what's the harm in, what's the harm in trying your hardest and, and seeing what happens? And I didn't achieve all I hoped to achieve, but I was, you know, even in that moment, I didn't get into BC, I got into BU. I never turned into this super stud, um, but you know, I'm happy with the way I look, so, um, and the way my body looks, so again, uh, you know, it's, it, to me, it's all about the process, enjoying the challenge of waking up every day, forming a new habit of, of being like, you have to, you sort of have, the way I thought about it is you have to take every day as a challenge. You have to enjoy the process. If you can't, if you can't positively frame the process, you won't achieve it because then every day is going to be torture and at a certain point you're going to burn out. To me, waking up at 6, 7 a.m., that's what I look forward to every day. And it's going to the gym and, and really getting that, that pump and, um, you know, and I, when I'm in the gym, I imagine myself like my favorite athlete leading my team down to a victory because I, I run for like two, three miles within a certain time span. And I always kind of frame it after like the first mile or so. I'm just like, all right, now you're in the fourth quarter and you got to lead your team back. And I, as crazy as it sounds, that's the... I love that. I love that so much. That's why actually I got you on the podcast because a lot of a lot of what I wanted to talk about today was specifically this was specifically mindset. So, you know, you just talked about um, and, and by the way, for, for the listeners, this is a strategy right here. So envisioning, visualizing, like setting things out, um, you know, and you were talking about positively framing Imran, like, you know, creating that positive vision. So does does that apply to every, so you just described it for the gym and does that do you bring that type of tactic strategy with you sort of across your life um yeah. does it happen in gift for your studying law when you are you know going to speak to a cute girl or you know what does do you bring that with you yeah so i was I, what i was what i was going to say was the thing i struggled with is and a lot of people do, and they don't acknowledge it, they don't dig deep and, and really under, understand it, is that that's, it's all dark energy, you know? It's, it's the, what happened in the past, how I felt wronged by someone. So often, I just, you know, one last thing about the gym is if I ever see an attractive girl in the gym and I, I'll, when I'm like running or doing something, I feel like giving up, I automatically look back and I look back at something that happened in the past and I'm like, not again and then i push myself but then i think i think the the distinction and the thing that's important or for example when i was studying in school doing the lsat all these people who said i wouldn't i was i was a bad student i was dumb i was incompetent i think about them and i think you know of all the people when i said i'm going to switch to law school and i think like all right no you got it you're going to do this but then i think the important thing is that which i think throughout my life, I've always been someone who's very supportive of my friends, supportive of people. So when people didn't reciprocate that, I felt very offended and it hurt. Um, and I think when I finally started to do things and accomplish some of the goals I'd set, I built this anger towards people that like, you know, like kind of like, screw you, you didn't believe in me, like, like I hate you, you know? But I think that's, that's, the difference that's what i'm i've worked on very i've worked very hard on is basically saying they they didn't know any better this is what they've been conditioned to think don't blame them that's that's the environment right so use it to motivate you but let go of it as soon as as soon as you're done accomplishing what you need to accomplish let go of it because they're they're not they're they're not bad people they're not i promise you that's like like some of my best friends have have talked to me and basically been like, yeah, I think this guy's going to beat you and he's probably better than you. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Like, you know, you have to understand not everyone's going to think like you're not, everyone's going to have the same idealistic mindset. And so, like I said, I, I use that energy to be like, okay, I'm going to accomplish this task. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be different than what everyone says. And, and there's, and I always think there's some, and another thing that motivates me is there's some kid like me who probably had low self-esteem when they were young, who society counted out and they probably want to succeed. And I would love to, to be that person to show them that, look, you can achieve 
whatever you want to if you put your mind to it. Um, that being said, don't let the power of the the um, you know I like don't let because obviously naturally you want to enjoy what you do naturally right like you want to go to your job you want to go and 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 your profession enjoying your profession yeah. right but there's always days that when you know you need to get that extra hour or two done and it's tough because you have all these things to deal with you don't have the energy that's when that sort of that feeling wronged by society kicks in or i'm just like no 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 you're doing it but then like i said the the, the thing that you have to realize is it's not huh enjoying the process yeah I, yeah most of the time enjoying the process and then you know because also something i just wanted to bring up is and it's specifically related to this topic is like you know i felt like there was a transition where you moved from because i know you pretty well you know and and we talk you know relatively often and i know there was a time where you were really driven by that side like people who've done you wrong in the past and things like that but then i feel like you nearly had a transition point where and it's sort of what you talked about here it's like you you got to a point where you used kind of the the negative feedback or the the rejections or whatever it was to your advantage but then you did let go and you you moved to a, like a lighter place a place where you enjoy the process more where you enjoy everything else more and i think every a lot more people have have gravitated towards you as a result of that that's 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 um that's exactly right um at a certain point you know i realized that it's not mentally healthy it's not good you're not being a good person to the people around you if you know like for example if i it's it's about separating your persona and knowing so I think I think a common fallacy that society has teaches uh, taught us via people like Steve Jobs or is that you have to constantly be Steve Jobs the entire time. Um, one and I, I have all the respect for Steve Jobs. What he did is incredible. There's a lot to be learned from him. Mm -hmm. But he was a guy who was always the CEO of Apple, always the founder of Apple. It didn't matter if he was talking to his wife, his his. He wasn't Steve to his wife. He was CEO of Apple. That's what it seemed like from the movie I watched and everything. And society is almost conditioned us to think, unless you're like that, you're not going to achieve your, your goal. But on the, on the other hand, you have a guy like Bill Gates. You have a guy like uh, Michael Bloomberg, who, from what I've read about them, they seem like they're able to separate. Like They're like, okay, I founded Microsoft, but now Bill Gates all he does is he helps charity out with his wife you know and i doubt when he's when he's with mrs melinda gates he's talking he considers himself the ceo of of well, honestly the most revolutionary company in uh, in my opinion and so um so that's what it, that, that 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 separation is being like when he drops when he's at work when he's doing things as CEO of Microsoft when he drops that hat almost that per, that facade a persona and now he's a husband and a father and I think that's the distinction is oh, okay I was pursuing law from 9 to 9 today but now at 9 30 when I go home and I talk to my friends I'm no longer tensed up from from the people who doubted me now I'm just a friend I'm Imran I'm not I'm not that person anymore you know and that's why no i like i like that so i i, I love that point that you, that you bring up just because um you know you and i have discussed this multiple times because we talk about you know um well as a coach i guess for me working with my clients too it's like how do you let, live the best life possible and also um how do you do that given that everyone places different sets of priorities and needs on different parts of life. You know, some people want to be around their friends most of the time. Some people want to go out and create businesses. Some people want to go in and be the best lawyer out there. You know, some people, what, some people want to be the top NBA player, Kobe Bryant or whatever, you know? And the question then becomes like, what is, what is sort of the best, best strategy to, to live it? But I guess with regards to what you just said, you know, I, I just want to highlight another tactic, which is like, you know, turn up a hundred percent 
or this is what uh, I'm paraphrasing. This is not your exact words, but kind of like turn up a hundred percent for, for whatever you're doing. You know, if you're, if you're, don't be that guy that like pulls out his, his, his laptop to, to, you know, you know, if you've been working all day, like you say, and you come back at nine 30 and you're just chilling with your friends, you know, and catching up, don't be that guy that's on his laptop kind of like, you know, typing part of an essay for, for the, for the week after, you know, kind of applying yourself a hundred percent, you know, with focus on, on whatever you're, you're, you're doing. Oh, I think, I think something that's, that's important. What I mean by balance isn't, I think, and I've noticed this with friends. Um, I would say one of the defining things about me throughout my life has been regardless of, you know, tests I've done, regardless of any interview I've been in, I've always been super calm. Um, and, and I know it's, it's, it was weird cause I've never, I wasn't a calm person before. Like I was never like a, I was, people just, I mean, it's erratic if I had to guess, but now, now I'd say my demeanor is relaxed and, um, and, but that, that, but throughout my life consistently, when I've been in an exam, I've been in anything, I've always kept my nerve and I realized, um, uh, it's so the people who I notice when people tend to lose their nerves a little bit, it's because they start thinking too much into the future. They start thinking, so they think, okay, if I, if I take this bad, if I take this test and I, I can't, uh, I don't do well, I probably won't get hired by a good law firm. If I don't get hired by a good law firm, I'm not going to be able to pay off my debt. If I can't pay off my debt, I'm going to have to live this life, blah, blah, blah. You just thought about 40 years on based off one hour. Do you realize like, like, and, and, and as that's and, and it's something I'll quickly bring up. Do, do people do the reverse of that? Do they go down the path of success? You know, like what you just did, like what you just talked about, like that thing where people like they look at events as they could happen. Do they do it? the? How often do people do it the other way around? So what if what if my exam went super well? And then what if the, the company I interviewed well went super? You know, I just wanted to bring up that distinction because like you're right. Most people just think of the negative outcome. And that's where the you know, that's where the fear builds up too. you know, I was going to say it's so it's. I mean, and a lot of people, a lot of people do that. They end up doing well on that exam, whatever. But I think it's, uh, there's two things. At some point, it's going to get to a point where an exam, it's, it's not an exam. It's going to be, you have a case going on. Your wife's, pre- your wife or husband is pregnant. You, you know, you have all these things and it's no longer, um, it's no longer just this small thing. So I think, the way I look at it now is by going to an exam, like last last um, semester, I went into the exam. I was initially I was like, you know, I had the, I had the, the nervous thoughts, and I was like, what's the worst that can happen? You don't get the grades you want. You, then you probably you might not get the job. No, and then I thought, okay, even if that happens, what's gonna happen? I might not get the job I want, but I'll get the job. So that's where my line cut off, right? And and that's exactly kind of what happened. I didn't get the grades I wanted, but I still got the job I wanted. And um, I think that it's one of those things where it's, um, you know, you have to realize that there's these systems and structures put into place, like exams. The employers look at your GPA. That's that's true. I, you can't. That's that's real. It's going to happen. Yeah. For- regardless of how much we might hate it, how much we disagree with it. That's not the only way. And, you know, and it, co- it goes back to. And you're, you're a pretty good example of that. or And what I was going to say was, if they said maybe small, I think 5% of people, first year law students get paid in summer internships with, from BC law, maybe even, yeah, like 5%. And then, among that amongst that it's like only a small percentage with the grades i got i mean i don't think anyone with the grades i got would get it right but um and i didn't do that but i probably just said okay but it's a bit it's very hard even if you go to an elite university to get uh, a job after first summer but i thought okay well now that the exams are over you know like i didn't i I didn't even wait to get the result. I, 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 I didn't know. I, didn't, I thought I could have done well. I, I thought I did all right, but I didn't wait. I thought, okay, 
these deadlines are actually fast approaching. They're not, they're not, they I don't have a month or two. And I know in a month or two, I'm going to have to go back to school and start a take care of that again. So I have these 10, 15 days to send out these applications, to make phone calls, to do things, to find out what opportunities there are that other people didn't see. And I applied to maybe 20, 25 places during my winter break. I didn't take a break and two of them kind of got back and one of the, two of them got back to me out of the 25 and then one ended up turning into something. But a quick question. Of, of your peers, how many do you think applied to 25 companies? so 20 companies by that time by that point probably firms probably just me um and i think i think that's that's sort of the distinction it's it's uh one of my favorite athletes kobe he said you can always do what's average and be normal but i'm not into this i'm not into this to do what's normal so by the same token yeah normally after an exam you're tired after grueling first year exams you're tired you don't want to do anything you don't want to think about law but you know it's like it's it's like okay then you don't want to do that then you're going to fit in the normal path then you will have to rely on your grades and the grades will be the most important thing right then then that's true if you if you if you want to take the normal path the normal path is that the highest grades will get the best jobs right and but if you want to take if you want to be different and say, I'm not, and this is not to say that you should absolutely give hundred percent for grades because that's an indication of how hard you worked, right? It's, it could be an indication of how hard you work. So you want to give your best in everything you can just know that that's not the only way to achieve something. You can, you can that's have a, some. That's a great point. I'm, I need to cut you off because you're onto something huge. And, and I think the whole audience would, would benefit uh, just hearing this. Like, so, I mean, one of the things was like when you were applying to law school, right? You didn't necessarily have the best grades, right? You'd done engineering. It was a struggle and you didn't necessarily have the best, best grades, right? But here we are, you know, talking three years later, you're at BC Law. Um, not only are you at BC Law, you've secured your placement to work is it in new york for for a company over there no 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 dc in dc um you know to work over there and so i guess my point being like what what was the what what was some of that mental chatter then or like how did how did you convince yourself that despite your grades and despite not necessarily having the best requisites you know what were some of the things that you used like in terms of your mindset too, to actually fathom the opportunity to study at a place like BC Law? So um, I do idolize people and it's just, it's just who I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so um, one of my favorite, my favorite athlete, Tom Brady, he, he was the, you know, he started playing football in his freshman year of high school, which is, and I think he started playing quarterback in a sophomore year of high school, which is just so late. It's not even funny to start a sport. Like you played soccer and you're one of the best soccer players I've seen. And you said, you know, did, you know, age five. Yeah. And, and, and you know how hard it is to play, let's say in the premier league, you know, like, like how good you have to be in. And um, just, let's say you started at age 15, 16, you know. Wouldn't have happened, wouldn't have. <laughs> well, actually, with Yeah, that. that's what I mean, yeah. And so, but like some of the things you do, like the nuances of like, you know, when you do a body fake, that's out of years. Like the things that I learned when I played when I was 17, 18, is I learned how to position myself while I, the, the intellectual things, right? Like those are the things I, I learned. I couldn't do the physical things. So similarly, he started when he was late and he just worked really hard, but he had, he's, and as they said, when he was in college, he was, the entire school hated him because they wanted, there was another guy who they liked more and they wanted the other guy to play. And there was times where one, he said he was embarrassed because um, after a game, people were signing autographs and no one wanted to sign his. And they actually told him to leave because they wanted to the other player to get, to get the, his autograph and um when they they then he when he went from college to the pros uh they they said there's 576 quarterbacks we evaluated he is the 576th worst i've ever seen <laughs> like he is bad 
And he said, okay, that's And he just worked hard and he had another skill set that you can't measure or we haven't started to measure yet. And so he used that and he was good enough to get on a team. And then slowly he started working on the tangible skill sets like arm strength and this and that, but then that skill set, he's so good at reading a defense, like reading a team and saying, this is how they're going to be. I don't know how to shift my team to, to put them in a position to succeed. That's not something that you can quantify on paper very easily, you know? So, um, and so when I saw him, I was like, wow, this guy who, who was a good college, like a, above average college athlete is now the best in the history of the sport. How did that happen? And there was another guy concurrently who was touted as the best and who was supposed to be the best. And he came into the NFL and he was one of the best. But this, the guy, Brady, won out in, in the end. And um, I, I just think that, yeah, there's that way to do it. You know, he was the typical route. The yes. typical. He was, he, his dad was a football player. His brothers are football he, players. talking about the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other guy, Peyton Manning. He, all everyone was a football player. He was born and bred to be a football player. He, he won his first pick, everything, you know. Um, and he, he had a great career. And that's certainly one way to do it. I, I agree with you. But then there's another way to do it. And I, I realize at a certain point, I'm not going to be that guy. And, and that's, and, and I can see why people want to be that guy, right? You, it's like right now, everyone wants to be a Harvard lawyer, right? Because, because they, that's, they get all the glory. They get all the, they get all the love. They get all the attention. Everyone thinks Harvard lawyers or Yale lawyers are the best. People think of BC is good, but not, not Harvard or Yale, right? And, and um, similarly with him, it's like, I'm sure he grew up and he was like, wow, this guy's getting all this attention and I don't get any respect. And I think that that's, you know, to me, it's like, I, I, one thing, his psychology, he has a performance psychologist. He had one and that, and he's just another example. Of, and I have had one in my past. Um, his performance psychologist said to him because he was down he was just like I don't know what to do you know should I transfer he was just like he's like look I can't get you a starting quarterback position but I can I can put you in a mindset to compete every day and he said I'll say this when you make it because your road has been so challenging it'll feel that much better for you and so that's sort of the mentality I've always had it's I'm not like I'm not you know I'm not going to be the the all right could be in certain regards but that hand i've been dealt is that i'm not the the harvard law or the 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 number one pick or you know the the best statistics but i have something inside of me that, that pushes me every day that you can't buy you know you can't look at it and you can't you can't you can't look at imran hossein and look at his heart and tell anyone what's happening. So that's, that's what I, that's what I knew. I've accepted from a long time ago that the qualities I have are going to come out later and they're starting to come out, you know, like the qualities that are going to make me successful. They're not, they're not something that can be quantified. It's something that we haven't, we haven't as humans, we haven't measured it yet. And I think that it's starting to come out and, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I love so much of that. It's bringing up so many, um, so many ideas. The, re the reason I, I'm sometimes cutting you off is just because the time is moving and, and your story is so interesting. There's so much value to it that I just want to get through as much. Um, yeah. feel that way the listeners can also hear, you know, all, all, all the facets of it. And, and, you know, I love that. And I, I just want to highlight a tactic, like uh, another strategy or tactic before we move on. And it's the one you've just mentioned, you know, um, you know, how are you going to let, um, you know, how are you going to let your experiences define you? You know, you know, are you going to let the fact that you're a little behind right now and, and you're going through a different struggle and you're, you know, maybe it's a bit more of a struggle to get to where you want to go. You know, how do you define that? Do you let that boost you and, and push you to, to overdo yourself and, and to achieve amazing things? Or do you fall into the story of saying, I'm not on the right path and so I can't get there? And I think, like you've just described, you are a perfect example of someone, when you quit Erickson, you know, two, two years ago or whatnot, you know, who would have called that you'd be at BT Law and that you just have secured your first, uh, you know, job, you know, or placement for the summer? You know, like, who, who, 
who could have, who would have called it? I mean, I know I talked to you and like, I was like, yeah, man, you're going to freaking make it. But you know, like who, who, who would have believed that, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's one of those things. It's, it's so hard not, I think as people we're so it's, we're so prone to, to letting what's in front of us define us as people, what other people say define us as people. Um, and you know, one of my friend, one of my best friends, and I love him to death. But this is this is the thing. Like he was saying, one of our other friends is going to another great law school, and he's doing great things. Um, he's one of the he's hardworking guys, always been amazing person. Um, and he, the friend, this mutual, the guy's doing all these amazing things. My friend was like, "How do you think you're gonna compete with?" Like, or he said, "It makes sense that he expects that he's gonna be." senator president whatever why do you think that like society's conditioned him to think that why do you think that and it's like because i and some people can get their their mental stimuli their mental um sense of self from their environment and for that kid his environment has told him that this is this is how it's going to be but then i posed to my friend i posited to my friend i was like what if Barack Obama had thought like that? What if Barack Obama had said, you know what, there's never been an African-American president. Um, you know, I, I, what's the point? Uh, you know, like, what, 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 why should I not, why should I expect it? Why should I? I mean, you know, or society didn't tell me he's going to be president. No, my, my, my dad's, one of, our, um, one of my dad's coworkers, he was telling me, um, not a racist guy, even promoted for Obama twice. He said in 1980s, 1990s, although I probably had wanted to see an African-American president, I could never have said it's going to happen in my lifetime. And in 2007, when I told my, my family that this is happening, this guy Obama, he's, I, I don't, I mean, not, I don't really support politicians as politicians as a person. He's a, he's an incredible story. Um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, politics aside. And um, he, he was, you know, even in 07, he got elected in 08, people were like, who is this guy? You know, is he, you know, Hillary, she's going to be the nomination. And then when he became the nomination, everyone was like, whoa. And so, you know, I think things like that, like stories like Tom Brady, things like that. It's like if, if people told, if, if they listened to the expectations of other people, they wouldn't make history. So I love that. Every, yeah. And um, every. Go ahead. In every, in every, and you can, you can look at that in every sense. You know, we all have different, we all have different struggles, you know, and I'm not saying this has to be just professionally speaking it can be with, you know, like, oh, in something personal, like, oh, I've never had, uh, I've never had a significant other, a boyfriend or girlfriend. I've never done this. And, you know, like, you can be an exception. Is the yeah. point. And, and you should, my whole, the whole point I try to make is, it's no, there's nothing wrong in being the norm if that's what you're happy and content doing. If you are happy and content with your life, then then it doesn't then that's fine, you know. But if you if you aspire to be a certain goal, have a certain goal in mind, you aspire to that goal, and you want to get there, and the most typical path is not available to you for some reason, find another path and. The beauty of the path, the beauty of the goal comes from the path taken to get there. The process. You know? Yeah. it's. Uh, I love that. And I think you're bringing up so many key points, Imran. Uh, I think, you know, the listeners will definitely like, like uh, what, you, what you just explained, just because, you know, what resonated for me just when you were explaining, like, you know, if you don't be part of the standard or whatever, um, it's kind of like setting your own standards. You know, it's kind of like if, 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 you know, society is telling you something that you can only do it one way, you know, I remember you and I having discussions, you know, around like, how did you want to get into BC given, you know, and, and you used every single asset, you know, you had under your belt, you know, to get there. And that's been your story from the start engineering too. You were a hustler. You always found like a way to, to create an opportunity where there wasn't one. Well, with um with engineering it was uh well with engineering i didn't you know i i 
I would say that was, that was a struggle. <laughs> Damn straight, bro. Um, it, that, that was a struggle because, you know, you're, I, didn't, I didn't know whether this is what I wanted to do forever. Um, and it was a challenge because, you know, I wasn't enjoying parts of it. I wasn't enjoying having my ego torn apart every exam. Um, well, actually, let's make this a question just just to frame it. Could could you say from engineering, from your engineering story, the the time you spent at BU, what was your hardest experience? So, what was your harshest experience um, then, and what do you make of it now? How did it you know How did it kind of form you? How did it benefit you kind of long term? And and for the listeners too, people going through potentially a really hard time right now, like at their work or, you know, at, during their studies, what would you say to them? You know? Um, so I, when I was, when I was an engineering student, like my sophomore and junior year, I would say things weren't going well. Um, I hadn't, I, I, I wasn't, the work was very intense. Um, and it was, it was something I didn't know whether I wanted, I was fully committed to being a technical engineer for the rest of my life I had personal things going on and it just felt like it was all compiling and just nonstop. And I, I, I couldn't, like, I, I felt like I had no, I'd lost all control over my life. All I didn't, I was, nothing was making me happy to do it. And at a certain point, I think, I mean, it was never just like a one step thing, right? It was, it was it's gradual. And I think um, I realized, look, try work your hardest forget about everything else forget about it all forget about everything else forget about what anyone thinks forget what you think forget about what the perception of this all is just focus on putting yourself in the best position to succeed every day so i'd wake up early i'd, I'd play i'd go to the gym and shoot basketballs for i would say like 30 minutes and um and I, I really worked hard at doing things to pull my GPA up and uh, I eventually did that and I got, I got this opportunity at Ericsson and um, going from that, I think for, for law school, for those of you who don't know, it's your GPA and your LSAT score. Those are the two metrics law schools look at. And I thought, okay, that does, that's my GPA and LSAT. My LSAT was okay. It was, probably a little bit below the median at Boston College. In case people didn't know, GPA in the U.S. is kind of like your grade point average. So it's how you're doing, how you've done, how you're doing in your courses, basically through your studies. And LSAT, uh, you'd know better than me and Ron, but I guess it's the test you need to take for law to get into law school. Yeah, it's like, it's like a law school admissions exam. Okay, cool. And um, so I, I got, those are the two metrics and I was a little below the median for the law, the, the law school exam score and for GPA, I was well below the median for Boston College, but my ma- for my major, I was I was probably average, if I had to guess. So what I did was I was like, okay, what can I do? I really want to go to this school. How do how do I get there? I I visited once in March, and so um, I'd gotten to know some. I, I I mean I had some familiarity with how things worked. Then in in August and I, I looked, you know, they said, look, Boston College in your neighborhood. That was one of the links. So I clicked on that and it said New York City, which is, I, I was very, I live very close uh, this, from this date to that date. So I was like, okay, circle, done. I went to that and uh, I spoke to uh, one of the admissions counselors and I said, look, it's like my first choice school. I have an electrical engineering background. A lot of this is who I am. And she's like, well, like, why Boston College? And I said, I gave the reasons. So, so you know, there was things I did in between. So, you know, okay, that happened. So she gave me her number. She's like, look, if you get between this law school score and this LSAT score, give me a call and we'll, we'll talk. Um, and it was really funny because it was like one point below, it would have been really tough. One point above, it would have been it would have been guaranteed. And I was like right in the middle. So <laughs> I was like in the, the who knows zone. So I was like, okay, what else can I do now? Um, so I give her, I give her a call and I was like, this is what I got. And she was like, do you, would you want to speak to the Dean of admissions? 
I had a friend that one of our best friends was in Boston. So I was like, Hey, Chris, can I come to your place for two weekends uh, this or this weekend? He was just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Great guy. So I build having great friends. is always helpful. Um, but he, uh, I, I, then I spoke to the Dean of admissions and they liked me a lot. And I think it was, I got in a few weeks later and I think the moral of the story is that, um, you know, there, there, like I said, there is the GP and LSAT that you should focus on. That's the, the bread and butter. And if you can get it that way, then that's good. That's fine. It's in life in general, like yeah. things that are expect, expected or whatnot to get somewhere. Yeah. Right. And, and if, if you can't get that, then you take another route. And I've always found that I've, I've a very good, I have a very I mean, I'm easygoing. I like, I like talking to people. Um, I like, I like opening up to people. I like working in groups. So social situations, especially professionally, have always come very natural to me and, and being direct and honest. And, um, I think part of it come comes from being an honest person, right? Like the guy I, I told him I'm coming to your school if you take me in not so many words, but, that was the implication. And at that, then when he sees that, he thinks, is this guy being real or is he being fake? And he makes a, he makes a judgment call. Is, is this guy being real or is he being fake? Because if I think he's being fake, then why do I risk lowering my, my, my median GPA, my median LSAT number for the school, for this kid? If he's being genuine, we have something here, you know, like then, then we, I think he, his other assets, his intangibles, his passion to coming up to Boston. I think that's, uh, I think that outweighs the this difference, you know? And, yeah. um, but I don't, I don't think that, I think, again, that's part of being an honest person, being honest to yourself and honest in your work is, um, yeah, that, that's an asset I have, I guess. And that's something that doesn't come up in paper that doesn't come up in an else that score so um it's using your other facilities yeah i like that and 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 i I like how you brought that from sort of the epic struggle that was university and engineering all the way through ericsson and then and then getting into to law school you know and how it's all tied up and even the struggle then kind of realizing that um you know if you could make it you know past that then what else could you do you know and i think for me that's always something that comes up is when i've set out a goal and i achieve it it's like like, oh shit, like what else is possible? Like if I set that out and I nailed it, you know, like what else is possible? And then the second point that, that, you know, came up for me with regards to what you just said was, you know, if the, if the norm, if the norms don't allow you to pursue the opportunity that you want to pursue, you know, change the game a little bit, change the rules, set standards that are different and also leverage your strengths. So you knew communication was on your side. So again, it was about, you know, putting those features to the forefront, having that meeting, getting that offer from the Dean in the first place. So setting up that first meeting, you know, um, with the rep from, from BC, but also taking up that opportunity to meet the Dean who has big, I'm guessing is, you know, big, uh, influencer as far as getting in. Right. I, I, well, I want to. I want to also add to that is as much pressure as you, as hard as you work on these things. If you can't accept the risk of failure, you're always going to be nervous. You're always going to be tensed up. Life's going to be difficult. I know that there's a chance that I don't achieve all that I set to achieve. I'm going to be happy knowing I worked hard and was good. I was a good teammate to everyone around me. Um, that makes me ha- that in itself makes me happy. Just the concept. I know I'm working hard, and then on top of that, it's again what I was talking about before. I'm not just Imran, the law school student. I'm also Imran, the friend. Imran, the son. Imran, the brother. So when I at times when I think, oh man, this is all crashing. Like my my school, you know, school's not going well. This and that. I just talk to one of you guys, and and it's as if. You know, nothing's wrong. It's the same, same old, same old, you know? And I mean, you know, I, it's, it, it just probably goes contrary to what we see 
from certain successful people that they show like, oh, they're constantly obsessed with this. And again, I think that for a certain percentage of people that is true, but I think I've become, I don't, I, I'm, I would say from the time that my entire persona was invested in my career, my entire, the essence of who I am was invested in my career to now where I've been like, my career is probably the most important thing in my life right now, but there's also other things I would say I've probably been more successful recently and been happier while being successful. Whereas before I was angry because when things didn't, I was always stressed. I was always reacting very negatively. And, and it's, um, it's one of those things where it's once, I think once you, um, once you relax and you're able to detach from it, people just end up liking you more and want to be around you more. Cause they're just like, you know, people have their own stuff they want to deal with. And if you admit positivity, you tend to get it back. So. Yeah. I, that's such a great point. I'm just realizing the time just cause like I usually have like an hour or more of content, but I think there's, there's probably one more question uh, left in this one. But um, yeah, I just wanted to bring up that last point that you just talked about where in the past it was kind of like, the, the the drive was kind of the anger whereas i've definitely noticed today a switch for you to more collected calm composure doesn't mean you're not hustling hard and working your ass off and, and getting the results but it's 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 about also having a state of mind that's more positive that's more and also you talked about self-love kind of at the jokingly at the, at the start of the session but i think you've gotten to a place where you're more comfortable with who you are too and and that enables you to also come from a better place as opposed to uh in the past maybe you know that not necessarily being the case um but i guess that brings us to the final question before before we hit that final question um imran i just wanted to take a quick second and um really i mean you're one of my best friends um so 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 there's that but, but, you know, more than that, you know, um, just in general, what you're doing with your life, um, you know, we didn't even have time to cover the other stuff that you do, but you've been doing volunteering, you've been helping out, like, for different causes, things like that, that never even came up during the podcast. You've been helping out, like, students uh, during your law degree, and you're studying a bunch. It would be a lot easier probably just to go to your room and study, but you're that person that opens up for people. So I guess I just really want to acknowledge you um, for, for the person that you are, the people you inspire every day because I think you inspire more people than, than you might have that you might think. Um, and, and just, uh, yeah, I, I respect you also for, for going, for jumping into those fears. Like Will Smith says, you know, and, and being that person that, you know, looks fear in the eyes and then, you know, into it and, and that thereby allowing others to see it makes it possible for them. So just really want to acknowledge you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so that takes us to our final question. There's so many good ones uh, that we could um, end this with, but I guess what I'll say is I think everyone's gotten a good notion of like who you are, the type of person you are, the struggles you've been through, through, through the podcast. And so what I'd like to leave them with is, um, yeah. So for, for the listeners, if you had, you know, you're, you're 25 now, right? Yeah. So, with your 25 years of, of experience, you know, and, and the experiences you've had so far, which are many, what, what piece of self-development wisdom, you know, if you had one, one piece uh, of wisdom to impart on the world, if, if, you know, if that were just the one thing you could say and it would kind of summarize your, your greatest like views and stuff. How, and I know it's a big question, but, or maybe you can even do two or three, but you know what are what are those those golden nuggets, the things that you would really love to uh, inspire the the audience with, and also remind them about? Yeah. Um, well, unset your own expectations. Yep. Don't don't let don't let anyone tell you what you can or can't do um, based on anything, based on who you are, based. On I'm oh, sorry, the light went out here. Um, that doesn't matter. Can you see me still? Or? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you can turn it. Do you know how to turn it back on? Yeah. Um, so, yeah okay. Um, I don't. Based on based on um, who you are, based on your ethnicity, based on your gender, based on your orientation. Don't let 
don't let anyone tell you that you're not good enough. I promise you you're good enough. I promise you. I, that's, that would be the, that's, that's sort of the one thing. Be ready to battle, but, but you're good enough. You're good enough to succeed. Um, second thing is, and it relates to the first is love and respect yourself. You know? um, don't let, don't let, uh, you know, don't love the image. You know, it's, it's funny because they talk about one of my good friends from home, really intelligent kid. He made a good point to me. He was like, narcissism is the love. It's not the love of yourself. It's the love of the image of yourself. It's not, it's not, it's when the guy looked in the pond, he loved the image of himself. He didn't love what was inside. So love yourself for who you are and, and what you stand for. You know, I mean, I think that that's, that's one that, um, that's amazing. That, that, that lacks in our society. It's, it's why we have so much social media talking, uh, you know, with all these like filters and things like that. And I'm not saying everyone who does that has this issue, but I think that a lot of it can be derived from that. It's yeah. love yourself, love who you are. And um, I think final, the other thing, final number three. Yeah. I think the final piece for people. Yeah. I think the biggest one uh, that I've implemented is be, be the best teammate, be the best, teammate you can be and I don't I don't mean that just in like your professional I mean that anywhere you know like if you know someone's missing from class just give them some notes and or or, or you know if someone if someone didn't come into work just shoot them a text and be like hey you know you know obviously all social situations are different but it, it goes it boils down to make other people feel as you would want to be felt, you know? So, um, yeah, I would say that that's, you know, if, if, if you're going through a really hard day and someone keeps pestering you, instead of giving them attitude and just, just take that extra five seconds of work and be like, look, John, Nico, Chris, whatever, I've had a hard day and I really want to hear your concern. But I, I'm, I'm, I just feel really tired right now, man. Or, you know, and I think that goes a long way. Whereas the person, the reasonable person, they'll be like that, you know, I understand that this guy, he or she works really hard. Um, and I think, and yeah, things like that are, or for example, uh, I have a lot of friends who are girls in the law school and they, a lot of them have struggles being a, a woman in a legal career. And I always try to see their point of view. I don't make assumptions. I always try to see what they're, and to me, that's part of being a good teammate. It's not making an assumption based on whatever. So just gaining different perspectives, listening to other people. So those are the three things. Awesome. I, I freaking love ending on that because that's so powerful again. So first one you mentioned was set your own standards. So don't let society and the norm of the past dictate what you can or cannot do. It's not up to society to decide that if you've committed otherwise, you know? Um, the second thing you, you talked about was love and respect yourself. And, and I personally, through my coaching journey, I've touched on that so much too. Like, you know, just even a year ago, the self-love was not there for me, you know? Uh, you know, and I can relate to you, like you are saying a few years ago where it wasn't there for you too. Like I, I, I really was not someone that, I did not love myself and I don't think I did respect myself. You know, everyone else, I freaking there, that was where all the love was going. And for myself, none at all. So um, what I've recently been doing is turn that around, turn the table around a little bit and realizing that the, the like you said, the more the love and, and respect you can have for yourself, the more power, and, and it's counterintuitive, but the more you love and respect yourself, the more you can actually turn up for those people that matter in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. I love number two. And then the third one, be a great teammate, listen better to people, take the time, don't make assumptions about what they're saying. So um, just, just take the time. And, and you said that with regards to everything. So not just work, but studies, probably even like partnership, husband, wife, children. Well, you know? the, other, the last thing, I, 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 the, the part of that, huge part of that is, um, don't don't admit negativity in the world. If if someone says something bad about you, that shows something bad about them. And and we're all guilty of it at, to some degree. But try to minimize that because, you know, it's it's it doesn't. If you 
if if some if I've heard people make comments about me about the things I do, how I dress, and I don't care about how they dress. I don't care about the things they do. I don't judge them for that. But if they judge me, what does that say about them? Yeah. If something I do that has no literal effect on them other than the fact they see it offends them or makes them say something negative, what does that say about them? It's something to do with them, not me. So similarly, if you hear something, someone rubs you the wrong way, just just let it go. Don't don't react to it. That's I cannot stress that enough. Take the high road. Yeah. I love it. Imran, this has been absolutely awesome. I've had a really great time speaking to you and hearing your story, and I really appreciate you coming on the Nick Charlet show. Um, final thing before before we end this, um, for people who are listening to this and uh, who really relate to your story and would like to maybe follow you and, and, and just follow what you're doing and maybe also, you know, if they related to your message too and would like to keep hearing it, um, is there any way that they could kind of follow you know what what you're doing and stuff um yeah they can shoot me an email um okay. yes my, my email is um hossein i okay h-o-s-s-a-i-n-i at bc.edu okay sweet and i'll have that in the in the show notes so if they want to ask you a question or if they just want to if they related in any way they just want to shoot you a comment so they can do it at that email right there cool Awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess the last thing to do is to, is to thank you once again for, for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And it's been a pleasure. Awesome, Imran. Thanks, yeah. bro. Um, and yeah, we- I want to give, I want to give a ringing endorsement to you. I, I, I mean, this has all been, this has all been really good, but I don't think I could have came to this thought process, this calmness, this serenity without you. I think that, um, I, I, yeah, I, I really don't think it would have been possible. So, I mean, partially why i work hard is so that i can show people hey this guy's stuff works and it does work proof is in the pudding so thank you um, so much i really appreciate that man and yeah you know i will always be there to support you uh, to push you so it's amazing to see everything you're doing all the success you're you're achieving so um it's awesome um so yeah thank thank thanks for that um and and yeah we'll we'll speak soon as as we generally deal with it. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again for coming on. Man. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Peace.